When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Cheaters, welcome to the Always Cheating Podcast. My name is Josh, here with Brandon. Brandon, how are you? I'm good, Josh. Another in-media res FPL uh, podcast. I feel like this, right. the home stretch, which we're going to talk about today, which, you know, we're kind of midstream in Game Week 34, and boy, I've got some... I've got some things to talk about with a with my bench boost. We can dig yeah, into that. Yeah. Um, yeah. But, but I think like morally, a lot of uh, mm-hmm. not 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 morality, but just for morale. Uh, mm-hmm. I think talking about just the rest of the home stretch. Let's let's think big. Let's think positive. Let's put positive yeah. energy out there, right? <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's actually, it's, it's funny because this, it leads into, I, I threw a question right at the top here from, from David, 23 FPL. And I, normally, so they, you know, there's often there's these questions that we get that are just basically like, why, why mm-hmm. do we do this? You know, <laughs> and then, and then but I, I really like the straightforward way that this question was asked. And so I was like, all right, I'll throw it in the pod. And he said, uh, is it possible to, to continue to enjoy the game if you keep Keep getting red arrows. My last green was almost two months ago on the sixth day of March. So this is what you were talking about, Brandon. You got to keep casting a wider eye. Sometimes, you know what? This game week's not going great. Let's look ahead to last game week. Things go bad enough. Let's look ahead to a stretch of four game weeks. Things go bad enough. Let's look ahead to next season. Okay, that's when there's always a next season. So just (laughs) that's that's where we're. I mean, you. um, I would say I really okay i mean that's actually a great question like just straight up can do you enjoy fpl well i mean i guess the you know it's like you always um you never know if it's going to be a terrible terrible game week sometimes you know right away (laughs) sometimes you know after the first the first early morning fixture but is fpl still fun when it doesn't go well is that is that a question that you can answer what do you think is fpl fun when it doesn't Mm -hmm. go well i i think that the short answer is no But the long answer is yes. And what that means is when it's happening to you, it's deeply unfun. It's like waking up with a hangover for anybody who's had had a few drinks. You're just like, why did I do that? And I'm never drinking again. Um, (laughs) But but similarly, a couple weeks later, you show up at a party. All your friends are there. Hey, let's crack open a beer and have a few laughs. This is yeah. why FPL, when it stings and it's and it feels unfun and and like the question asker, you've got a lot of red arrows in a row. There's mm-hmm. always next weekend, and you know yeah. here in uh, in New York, the Saturday kickoffs early in the morning. You know that yep. feeling, Josh. You know it yep. well. You wake yep. up and you're waking up into football and into FPL. Yeah, and yeah. there is no bad game week that is ever going to take that feeling away from me and now yeah, so, i mean true. i think you would agree I still, with that yeah. oh i mean i you know it's uh 
11 seasons we've been playing this thing now, I think. And uh, I, I still get up on Saturday mornings. This is actually to the, to the great consternation of my family that I, I cannot wake up Monday through Friday ever. I, it's like I have mm-hmm. set three alarms to roll to bed. But on a Saturday morning, I'm like up and I'm making coffee at 630. <laughs> I'm just like so, so excited. You know, flipping, uh, flipping five, omelets five. and uh, yeah, wishing everybody a happy <laughs> a Saturday mood. morning. Yeah, exactly. I'm like, I don't even need an alarm. <laughs> I'll just be up at 545 uh, making my transfers. Um, so I, I think there's that. Yeah, I think hope springs eternal. I, I do have a... a Despite the fact that I can come in here and be ranty sometimes, I, I actually do have a, an optimistic um, sort of frame of mind uh, when it comes to the game. And I'm always sort of wait, you know, I'm always expecting things to go well in the future. But I also, you know, the, the alcohol analogy is a good one because I think, uh, you know, I went to uh, an event. I was telling you before we started the pod last night uh, yeah. on Friday evening. It was, a, it was an open bar event, always dangerous, no matter how old you get. And uh, I was there as some friends of the pod, actually. Noah and Louise were there too, Brandon. And uh, I was there. I was chatting with a friend, and he went to get a glass of water, right? Mixed up the alcohol. I knew I was going hard. I came. They, they hand you a glass of champagne the second you walk in the door. That's always a danger sign, right? Because you're drinking that. You're a little nervous. You have, I haven't been to a, the a, a school. You know, it was like a big <laughs> school function, right? This thing I was at. Mm-hmm. I had, you know, I was a little nervous. Down the, the glass right away. Right. So instantly, 20 seconds in, I'm on to the, not 20 seconds, but like five minutes in, I'm on to the, the hard stuff, you know, and they're like, sir, that in. wasn't a shot glass. That was a, <laughs> yeah, a flute. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. It was. It was. A, no, I just downed my flute like instantly. Just I'm nervous, like chatting and drinking. And then uh, but anyway, I was talking to a friend and he uh, stopped and got himself um, a glass of water. Right. Broke mm-hmm. up the alcohol with the glass of right. water. And I think. I think that is the approach you should take with FPL, which is to uh, walk away from paying attention for a couple hours at a time. I think that yeah. is uh, that is the equivalent of the glass of water. If you're having a bad game week and it's not going well, don't watch the final game on Saturday. Don't track it. Don't follow it. Check the score mm-hmm. later because it never stings as much when the match is fully completed. Right. Yeah. You know, when I'm looking, it, do, it doesn't matter how badly it went for me. If I'm looking at scores from matches that happened five hours ago, I can sort of accept it in a kind of sober way. Right. Whereas if it's <laughs> happening in real time and I'm tracking it, yeah. I'm just like, OK, this is bad and it's only going to get worse. And uh, so I don't know. I think that glass of water approach might be helpful. I'm looking back to game week 11 just this season. Game week 11. Mm-hmm to game week 15 three red arrows in a row dropped from 192k to 507k and i see this like this is it's all down to your personality right but some people will see their season's not going well and they will withdraw from fpl and i've never been one to just say it's not going well therefore i'm gonna have a laugh my feeling is always i have to keep try i have to keep trying i have to keep yeah. trying to make good decisions and you're dogged you know it yeah it, it, i am dogged i'm in indefatigable uh <laughs> and, i wouldn't go that far <laughs> but let's go let's stick we'll go let's say dogged. I, I am fatigable yeah <laughs> it's true but but um i mean sometimes it feels like it's not a um uh, an appropriate reward for you know like you're pushing through six seven red arrows just for one little green 
Uh, you're yeah. kind of like, why? But you yeah. got to find that first building block and you've yeah. got to just build good habits. And, yeah. uh, you know, as you said, Josh, we played, this is our 11th season. We've had good seasons, not as good seasons. And you just, the reason why I think we can continually have better than mediocre seasons is we just have built up good habits and have... Yeah figured out how to not get eternally frustrated and just throw our towel in, into the ring, so to speak. So I just, I guess that's my answer to this question is uh, frustration can build build yeah. and manifest in bad habits and then that will just hmm. uh, perpetuate yeah. everything, right? I like it. So it's, the, it's like the shine your shoes approach, right? It's like, <laughs> a, you know, it's like you're still... Getting up in the morning, wearing you're wearing a suit to work, right? You're still, you know, yeah. even though you work in the mailroom. <laughs> yeah. All right. Well, I think those are we've we've been two excellent metaphors, and so I think we can we can move on now. I did like that as an opening question, though. So let's let's talk about gaming thirty four. We're we're in media res, as you noted. So we are we're recording on Sunday evening. We have matches Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, and Thursday. So we have matches all throughout the week. Uh, tomorrow's a weird one. Uh, it's a Leicester Everton. I mean, uh, you know, an important match, actually, in terms of uh, uh, the relegation race. Um, yeah. And then Monday, you have Arsenal-Chelsea, which bizarrely has, like, no fantasy implications, uh, which uh, is kind of especially surprising because Arsenal um, were such a key fantasy team uh, all season. They but disappeared all like of... Kaiser Sose. Like, was that all a fever dream that <laughs> Arsenal was must have all season? <laughs> I know. I really wonder what it's, it's too bad. They're pl- I mean, I, maybe it's a good time to play Chelsea. I mean, it probably is, but like, it, yeah, I mean, Arsenal's total ownership in the top 10 K total. So like every single player combined, Brandon is mm-hmm. 23% right now. That is, that was like, it was like 290 just a couple of weeks ago. <laughs> so it's a really, it's a dramatic change. I mean, the most owned player is Martinelli at 11%. Sonk is down to 6% ownership in the top aye, 10K. Aye, aye. So every, mm-hmm. everyone has abandoned uh, these Arsenal players. And, you know, it may come back to haunt us. I mean, we'll see on on Tuesday. They don't, you know, they haven't had a great run of fixtures and, um, and they don't they don't play twice at any point. You know, I mean, mm-hmm. unfortunately, they play. They're they're running for the next two weeks at least. It's not great. I mean, they're they're away to Newcastle. That's going to be a tough match. Thirty five, and then um, they host Brighton in thirty six. And I I just don't think anyone wants to play Brighton at the moment. Um, they're no I, joke joked about this on. I mean, it wasn't even a joke. I, I was being serious, but like it felt it like it felt like overnight Brighton became the Premier League's like one of their best and deepest teams. It was like they, not only are they good, but it's like they have incredible squad depth. It's it's remarkable how this happened. Yeah, right. You watch that uh, game against Wolves on Saturday and Deserby just kept taking younger and younger guys off of the bench and they came on and they yeah. looked uh, equally proficient. Um, and for yep. them to, yep. I mean, the uh, one of the keys FPL stories from the weekend was all the uh, benchings that happened again. Brighton Wolves, Matoma, and McAllister starting from the bench, uh, yeah. but still they managed to just absolutely dominate Wolves. Wolves, who I mean, resurgent I think is putting it strongly, but they are yeah. they've been competent under Lopetegui. Yeah. I was shocked yeah. at, at at how at how much they they put over Wolves. That was kind of an incredible performance. It was incredible. It probably it should have been more. Honestly, they I feel like they could yeah. have scored like nine in that game. Um, so 
my game week is going fine so far. I feel pretty good about it. Um, I am on 61 points, uh, small, I mean, I guess not small. I mean, a nice, nice green arrow. I'm up to 5,400, uh, overall. I only have nine players left to play twice, which isn't bad, but I know some people have even more. Um, and so I really, I feel pretty good. Cody, you know, I, I came in this pod last week, Brandon, just goes to show how quickly things can change. Right. And I, uh, you have to be very sober in terms of your transfers, right? Mm. Because I came in this pod last week and I was very frustrated with, with Kodias Gakpo, Brandon. And, uh, I was, you know, I was thinking Cody out, but then my sober rational part of my brain said, no, don't do that. Don't be silly. Hold on to the double game weakers, move on from, from Martinelli, uh, for Rashford, which has, has worked out you know, extremely well. And, mm-hmm. uh, but Cody got 10 points at midweek and eight points in the first half of this game. week. So 18 points since I basically dismissed him as a fantasy asset. So, you know, it's uh but I brought him in for a reason. And, and this is I mean, part of the fun of fantasy is you can be, uh, I don't know, it's fun to rant. And then, but you know, when it comes to actually making your transfers, you have to make sure that you're um, not letting emotions <laughs> take yeah, over. That, that's where uh, the real opinions, uh, you know, come to light when you actually yeah. have to click, uh, the complete well, transfer yeah. button. Feels good to complain, doesn't it? I enjoy complaining just about as much as anybody, Brandon. You, you may be indefatigable, yeah. but I am, I, <laughs> I don't know. I can never run out of, you know, complaints that I can, I can issue. So I, but I feel, I feel, I feel good. And then Dominic Solanke scoring late really made me feel good too, because I was considering making a more elaborate, like one extra transfer, right? Just get one extra double game weaker. Mm -hmm. And, um, and I feel, and I just held on to Solanke instead. And I feel really good about that because eight points from a 5 million player, uh, 5.5, whatever he is. Um, that's just, you know, great value for, for the money. So, um, so that's, that's where I am. I know you're in a slightly trickier spot, although the, you know, the, the, it's not over by any means, but, um, I don't know. (laughs) Well, how are you feeling about your, your bench boost so far? So, you know, when the United States military uh, had an operation, you know, across the coast of France, you had, mm-hmm. you know, beaches on Omaha, uh, yep. some some entry points further north or south. Some of those mm-hmm. uh, fine young men uh, were deployed onto the beach and met little resistance. Um, uh-huh. yeah. uh, some some poor Poor souls uh, sure. you know, uh, did uh, met with uh, greater resistance, and I feel sure. like my bench boost uh, was one on one of the uh, more sobering uh, high high action beaches. Uh, I I had I think what did, what did I have? I had twelve double game weakers, and just this weekend I lost two of them <laughs> to yeah, season ending injuries. Kurt Zuma down. Ending? I mean, Kurt Zuma sprained his ankle. I'm and and you know, just knowing what I know about Kurt Zuma, uh, a yeah. guy who looks like uh, you know the kid in gym class who uh, gets really pissed off when the gym teacher says it's time to run. Um, I'm not I'm not seeing him coming back. And uh, Andreas Pereira has you know you know he basically went off the pitch in a hyperbaric chamber. So I'm not expecting to see. I know him that was yeah. Back. You and, got, and at least you it, got some some points out of him in the previous game. Both yeah, of them, actually. Both Azuma and Andreas. So now, now the, the trick is, how do you actually measure the success of a bench boost? 
And it can really only, you know, do you say I'm going to set up my uh, team so that the people on my bench are literally the people I would not start if I had a bench boost? If that's the case, then I have uh, 11 points with another fixture for Allison to play. My My bare minimum was 20 points. So right now I'm viewing my bench boost as a failure. I'm on 62 points right now, which is a pretty high game week rank score of, you know, 669K. But I did take a minus four to bring in March, uh, to bring in Ederson, who we all would have predicted got a one-pointer, and Marcus Mm -hmm. Rashford, who did, did come through. Ivan Tony was really the leading light here with a very lucky free kick goal. And beyond that, we're just looking at a Holland captaincy and a dunk clean sheet. Yeah. I mean, I, I, not, Navas has been so great for, for Brentford. And then he got beat by and two kind of weak near post shots in the same match. It was kind of kind of strange. Um, just, I don't know, just fluky, I guess. Yeah. I don't know that the, the second goal, the, the winning goal for Brentford, um, I feel so like weird. Navas was maybe a little unsighted. Wissa maybe was in an offside yeah. position. Additionally, it was a, a well, uh, was it deflected? I don't recall. Anyway, it's yeah, hard it to blame bounce, him. I think. There. Yeah. Yeah. Lots of really interesting performances this weekend. I mean, I would have liked to have seen Andreas get the full 90 there because Fulham really did test Man City in the second half. And uh, it's just like lots of wild results. And I think if I had one lesson that I learned from this weekend in the first half of my bench boost, and yeah, I I will cross my fingers that I have better news when the game week is over, is that, you know, it's perilous to trust your fate to some, you know, some very marginal players. You know, Kurt Zuma did give me points earlier, but, you know, Players like Kurt Zuma, are they really uh, in a part of a bench boost? I don't know. I look back to game well, week game week 29, and I think teams were much better set up there, and there's been a lot of surgery since um, since the last international break, and I think I've ended up with a, with a bench boost team that's just had a little too many um, surgeries done to it, and yeah. I'm, I'm hurting from it. Now, I'm on that a green sense. arrow, so yeah. I, I can't be yeah. too... Sour, but the bounce I was hoping to get, and I think this is, you know, this is the chip talking. Mm-hmm. Is you, I really needed this. If I was going to make a run at the top 10k, I needed this to work. So it looks like I'm really just going to be uh, gritting my teeth for top 25k at this point. Well, I mean, like you said, you have 12 players left in play for this game week, right? So yeah, that's, but two that's of them, as than... we know, we left on the beach. They're oh, right, they're, they're, right, right. So. That's true. They're not looking so hot right now. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Well, 10 is still one more than I've got. So uh, my, my attempt to cheer you up uh, did, did backfire there. I won't, I won't uh, pretend it didn't. But, you know, I think, um, I don't know. I think that you, uh, we'll see what Allison does if he delivered him. You got the Botman assist, Brandon. Um, so that's... Yeah. Something yeah. I guess I love. Kind of I love some well. real undeserved fantasy returns. That's something that that can cheer you <laughs> up. You know, when you when you're <laughs> yeah, six true. red arrows in a row, just getting something mm-hmm. you really don't deserve. Yeah, yeah. Uh, that that can happen yeah. for sure. Maybe you'll get a dunk. Uh, you know, header or something. You, you get a, you get a couple players at least that are that are somewhat lower in the ownership. You know, category. That, that's it. Yeah, I I wish I had a few more. Um, and yeah, the. 
March not making it to 60 minutes, I think, was the real... You, the Zuma injury of the first match, and then March not making it to 60 minutes was like the Canary basically dropped dead at yeah. that point on my game. Week. Well, yeah, because they had scored five goals. Although, I mean, <laughs> I you know, I, I came at it from the other perspective because I have uh, McAllister and Matoma, and I'm watching them destroy Wolves. Yeah. And, you know, for those those guys not to be involved in that match was driving me crazy because it was yeah. it was a great performance. I, I I wasn't as annoyed as I could have been just because I was enjoying I, I was honestly enjoying that match. I, I they play, were playing so well, mm-hmm. um, and uh, and then yeah, my my boy my my boy Steel keeps uh, keeps coming through. So um, all right, so that's that's where we are. We got uh, several more games to go. Obviously, this week some some really big ones. I'm really interested in that uh, that Man United Brighton match. I think that is suddenly a really really cool match, Brandon. I think uh, we could see. Um, I don't know. I mean, I, you know, United have, have defended fairly well despite uh, some of their some of their injuries and mm-hmm. uh, held on um, against a Villa team that's been playing pretty well too. Um, I think there were you know there were a couple of couple of dangerous nervy moments but you know nevertheless uh they kept they kept uh villa out so i think uh uh man united brighton should be really fun and so and it should be a full strength brighton squad as well so let's let's um move on brandon uh from our introduction here and uh i uh, wanted to say thank you to our new patreon supporters and then we're going to take a break and we'll uh, uh talk about game weeks 35 through 38 we're also going to take some listener questions so a uh, quick thank you though to ian dunnington grant parks uh the dark lord i think the dark lord is a returning patron great to see you back yeah. dl yeah and then dw <laughs> dean west right right below uh, so remember DW from the, uh, the Arthur, uh, do you ever read any of the Arthur stuff <laughs> when you were do. a kid? Yeah. <laughs> oh man. And, uh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I, I, yeah. I love Arthur. What a guy. Oh, it's great. Great guy. Great guy. Great family. <laughs> it's whole, the whole family. Uh, and, uh, Paul J. Um, is uh, the other the other new Patreon supporter? So people have really, you know, we we put out the call if if you know the season's been helpful and if you wanted some help the last four weeks or you just want to say thanks or it looks like you're going to win a mini league, um, then jump on the Patreon and you know chat with us in the Slack and and get an extra podcast each week. So that's one we did last Thursday it was very spicy. Brennan uh, got mad at me a couple of times, and so that was that's always fun. Dude, that felt some, good. Some, some tension. Yeah, uh, but, yeah, I know you gotta you gotta let the. Uh, you know, this, the tea kettle, you got to let the, the steam, you know, come out sometimes. Uh-huh. So, um, especially towards me, you know, it's, um, um, <laughs> you know, <laughs> yeah. so, uh, yeah. So, but it's May, by the time you hear this pod, it'll be May 1st. And so May 1st, is a great time, start of the month to become a Patreon supporter. So, uh, go to patreon.com slash always cheating. We'll be doing extra pods throughout the rest of the season. Uh, and we'll be doing some, some, Posing stuff too. I some stuff I want to talk to you about a little bit, Brandon. But mm. the other thing I, I will note though is uh, the month of June when there's no Premier League, we uh, do not charge our Patreon supporters. So that is a that is a free month. So if you're like, ah, do I want to join right now, uh, right before the season ends? Uh, just note that um, in that off season month, we will not be. Um, you will not be uh, charged to Patreon supporter. So anyway, free. Uh, patreon.com slash it's free. It's yeah. That's, that's Yeah. We don't turn off the discord, right? So it is, it's, it is free. Yeah, the lights uh, are so, on. We're just not yeah, paying the for the electricity. Still, yeah. yeah, exactly. Uh, so you can go to patreon.com slash I was cheating for that. Let's take a break and we'll get back to talk about game weeks 35 through 38. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, 
and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring this podcast. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System, you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. At hundreds of locations across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE System technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unifydhealing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done. All right, Brent, we're back. Part one is this is a two-part section, Brandon. Mm. Part part the first is a look ahead to game weeks 35 to 38, the final four weeks of this English Premier League season uh so it looks like yeah i mean unfortunately it looks like the <laughs> yeah that was a lot i kind of i kind of <laughs> dipped off my energy at the very end there uh I, well i was i was thinking like i was i, I was actually in the part of the back of my head i was thinking about, i'm a little sad that arsenal are, are, are kind of you know out of the out of the title charge now yeah, but they pooped the bed huh yeah but the relegation battle is going to be awesome so we've got we've got that at least so it will be it'll be very dramatic <laughs> yeah, i agree it's not quite as a, not quite as exciting as a title race but still in its own way has some has some drama 
month. Yeah, I was just chatting with a friend of ours, uh, Taylor Ferguson, who is a lead supporter, and he was just sort of like at his wit's end and was like, what do we, uh, what do, what do I do? Um, uh, they were bad today. Yeah, and it's, it's, there's an interest, interesting levels of hopelessness in the bottom five at the moment, like to mm-hmm. varying degrees. Yeah, I can't believe how well Bournemouth are playing. I I thought yeah. they looked really good today, and I thought they looked really good uh, in that Southampton match at midweek too. And it's like I'm just I'm very impressed with that that club. I don't know. There's no like real stars in there, but they're just really. It's yeah, I was thinking. I was thinking the same thing. It's not like it's all one player that's making it happen for them. And you know they didn't go out and bring in some chump like Frank Lampard. No. Uh, O'Neill is, is fantastic. And like I have previous with Scott Parker from his time at Fulham and that guy's a, you know, turns out he's just like a crazy egomaniac who doesn't know much like Lampard, how to handle a group, good of, looking. A group of people. Yeah. Yeah. It's good like the confidence that comes from being good looking is, is, is born out there. And yeah. Parker at the beginning yeah. of the season saying, I've never seen a worse group of pay- players. There's nothing I can do here. What do you want from me? Fine, see, go get fired from Club Brugge and uh, have a nice yeah. life. Meanwhile, Bournemouth are thriving, and I'm loving it. Yeah, they're like 12th. Yeah, exactly. So <laughs> with like completely safe. I think they're on like 39 points uh, now. So um, yeah, good good on them. We probably haven't sung their praises enough this this season, but they have had a really nice um, home stretch here. Yeah. Um, so looking at the game week 35 to 38, I thought we could just do some kind of big picture stuff here, especially if you're, you know, there's this kind of world there's these different different listeners of the pod brand we have the you have the hardcores right the the i'm on twitter every day i've planted every fixture through game weeks 35 to 38 and then you have the people who are like well i stopped playing fantasy about 20 weeks ago <laughs> but i mm-hmm. i enjoy having this podcast on on uh on monday mornings and i'm yeah. and i'm still listening so so we're you know we'll, we'll kind of uh get, have a little something for everybody at the start here but um just kind of big picture, Brandon. Um, who has the best fixtures? Which which can and can also mean the most, right? But who has who has the who has the best and who has the worst uh, for the final four weeks of the season? Can you run us through those a little bit? The best and the worst. Sure. Well, the the first two teams that jumped out at me as having the best run without doubles necessarily: Fulham and Crystal Palace. And that's kind of a, a just setting the table because Fulham, I think, are no longer fantasy relevant. Uh, yeah. With losing Tim Ream, uh, uh, losing Tim Ream, who we weren't going to have as a fantasy asset, but that uh, messes up the defense. Then you've got Andreas Pereira, who was genuinely the most appealing fantasy asset on that team, and I think that also disrupts their attack. On top of the fact that Mitrovic is, yeah. um, is banned uh, up until game week thirty-six, which is actually only one yeah. game week away, believe it or not. Uh, Crystal yep. Palace is a little trickier for me to answer, and, and it was fun watching Palace this weekend with Zaha back because Crystal Palace has been balling out the last few weeks under Roy, Roy Hodgson, and I'm sure Zaha yeah. was watching these performances from from afar, and it was great to see him then get involved and get his goal. And, and they have Spurs in game week 35 who leak like a sieve, followed uh-huh. by Bournemouth, Fulham, and Forest. Now, is very appealing. So I think as we start getting injuries in the run in Palace, I'm going to be keeping in the back of my mind as maybe mm-hmm. it's my first bench player or something like that. 
Yeah. Um, but but then you really do come to the two Manchester clubs. Man City, they have a double in 37, so you've got to wait for that. But they have incredible yep. fixtures in 35 and 36 with Leeds and Everton. Yeah. The double in 37 is Chelsea and Brighton, followed by Brentford away, which will be actually a very interesting match. You know, We talk yeah. a lot about the G-Tech Stadium, but City are just like, that, that kind of doesn't matter to them. The yep. trick with Man City is... They are back in the Champions League, and they have the two-legged tie with Real Madrid. And uh, that begins between game weeks 35 and and 36, and then again between 36 and 37. Rest rotation? I don't know. I think what I suspect will happen with uh, City, namely Holland, is... What we 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 got ninety minutes of Holland this weekend, and then we'll go back to just getting our sixty-five to seventy minutes of Holland in that time frame. I don't think that he he stops. Yeah, getting the consistent starts. I mean, how are you feeling about the defense with City though, and and sort of negotiating with that anxiety of rotation with uh, <laughs> Champions League? You brought in John Stones this week, and he's you know he's yeah, in great I mean, form. It's like. Same as you, right? It's just like, I mean, you brought in Ederson and it's like we kind of knew, I don't know, I, I, you know, I felt like I didn't burn points to do it, but I was like, uh, you know, which you probably wouldn't have either if you weren't on a bench boost, but it was just yeah. like, uh, uh, it's it's just, I mean, I don't know, this, this match actually was the trickier of the two fixtures, so let, let's get that out of the way right away, this idea that, um, that they were going to that it's insane that they conceded a goal uh, at Craven Cottage. I don't think that's um, there's anything (laughs) wrong with that. And in in fact, um, if I don't know, Ederson can do whatever he wants. It must be so great to be a goalkeeper who has a reputation for being like a little too physical because it means you can just grab players' legs and stuff like that. He did not <laughs> grab the, He did not grab Vinicius's <laughs> leg. He had a terrible he match. Was, Let's be clear about that. Yeah. Like he was yeah. so laissez-faire <laughs> out there, yeah. and this did not get past the the commentary, at least that I was listening to. Yeah. But yeah, he he stunk it up uh, for sure. Yeah. But Fulham are. I stand by my assertion that Fulham are uh, a good team. They, it's a, it's funny to see a team have a good season and know that they're on the verge of a major rebuilding project at the same time. So, yeah, yeah, I mean, city, we don't really have to dig into that too much. And, and Manchester United, these, uh, they also double in 37 West Ham Wolves in the meantime is a pretty good double in 37 born with Chelsea. And then they're hosting Fulham at old Trafford in 38, which is really great. I think the uh, the two most important teams for me, though, looking at the fixture run-in, are Brighton and Liverpool. Yep. So yep. Brighton, as you noted, Josh, they're important because they have the most fixtures. They have yep. a double in 36 and 37. You would think, given that as they push and try to stabilize for getting some sort of European competition that, yep. you know, what we, the rotation we saw this weekend will probably be the first and the, and, and the last of it. Um, so get your, get your triple up Brighton like ASAP because they host Everton in 35 and then Liverpool, yeah. they don't have any doubles. Uh, but that lineup I think is completely stable, uh, barring the yeah. left wing with Diaz back, but the, the tried and true fantasy assets from Trent and Rabo to uh, Salah, sure. And their fixtures are thus Brentford, Leicester, Villa, and Southampton. So yep. I, 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 I think you, a triple on Liverpool is, is mandated by me as well. 
It's going to be really and and yeah, and then and Newcastle too. I'll throw them in the in the hopper there as well because they have a they have a double in thirty six uh, mm-hmm. and a, a pretty good one. Uh, I mean, they play away to Leeds, so that's a that's a great first leg, and then uh, they host Brighton in second leg, but it is at home and they've been they've been very strong there. So. Um, you know, but let's let's take the Brighton one first because I think that they um, they they have six matches um, from thirty five. In fact, they have actually seven matches if you include the one they haven't played um, yet against Man United. And um, there's a question. I'll I'll throw it into this uh, into the into the hopper here, Brandon, because uh, FPL Brooklyn says should we keep the Brighton midfield double up? Although are those blanks just unlucky, or is it a sign that it's time to move on? And I don't know about you. My feeling is. I, I'm just holding. I'm not. I cannot. Transfers are so precious this yeah. this late in the season, and and burning four to take out any of those Brighton players just does not mm-hmm. make any sense, in my opinion. I don't think it makes sense either. And I think if yeah, you're you're moving the opposite direction. You're moving. You're going the wrong way if you're getting rid of them. Yeah. And I don't. I don't think Brighton enters into that conversation of I need to be different. Uh, and I need to not have these guys. The, the their sort of like affordability negates that argument. Um, this is like yeah. Riyad Mahrez, Leicester City level. Just get them, and just just by sheer minutes alone, that Matoma, McAllister, yeah. and March are going to be playing. You're going to have some level of advantage. And I'm really loving all of the tactical articles that are being written about Deserby and what Brighton are doing, and this. Um, sort of manufactured transitional play where you see this happen with uh, Webster and Dunk where they get the ball and before they begin the attack, they basically just, they don't release the ball. They don't pass the ball until one of the opposition, you know, presses them. And then they, and Mm. then they create this manufactured transition. And that's uh, this innovative thing that Deserby is doing. It's like they're creating counterattacks out of possession, which is so wild. And I think I think it's going to be a different prospect for this style after managers have had a whole summer to figure out sure. uh, how to counter like it. Conte counter with it. the Conte with the with the, the five at five. the back. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Totally. Um, but my point in saying that is, yeah, I, there's still still a lot of juice to be squeezed out of Brighton right now. Uh, so that's definitely my feeling: is a triple up is yeah. is, is necessary. For sure. And I think uh, and almost any trio works. Um, one defend. It's like, I mean, yeah, you can kind of there's almost not an ideal trio. You can make an argument for I mean, Steele is great because he's so cheap. Right. Mm-hmm. So it opens up money across your squad. Uh, Matoma, uh, you know, I think is has, has played really I think he played really well kind of coming out of the. Once he went, once he was subbed into the match, I felt like he was really aggressive and really um, maybe a little unlucky to get anything. I, McAllister kind of the same, honestly. And so I, I think um, given their squad depth, we we might see a little more rotation. But they also they kind of just got the rest out of the way. They, th- th- that trio has not been rotated very much at all mm-hmm. um, over the last I don't even you know six seven weeks at least. And so I, I don't know that I 
you know, and they had just played 120 minutes in the in the champ or in the uh, not the Champions League, in the FA Cup semifinal, and I think that might have um, also been a factor here. And so I, I I really I'm not feeling super worried about kind of anybody in that team. I, I feel like the, I'm, the only thing I'm a little jealous of is Estupanian. I wish I, I I like really wish I could have like four or five Brighton players. <laughs> I, feel mm-hmm. like I would I would take them if I could. Uh, you know, if I, if I weren't maxed out yeah, of three. The Estupanian yeah. owners who got the assist and the clean sheet. Awesome, but they will feel cheated yeah. because Came he, away. He, yeah, yeah. yeah, and uh, that was a, would have been a nice assist for McAllister as well. Uh, but yeah, yeah, he's he's a great, so good, such a great player. Yeah, we've, we've seen a couple of those like crazy. How did they did not score? I I still can't believe the Bruno one from last late last week. Yeah, the crossbar. Where he was, yeah, he, he just hit it so hard. It was like, yeah. he, but he was, you know, he's so he was straight through. Um, yeah, so I think that. Um, and as far as who is the worst. Um, I'll, I'll handle the worst, Brandon. You, you handled the best. Now let me clean up with, uh, with, with sw- sweep the floor with the yeah. worst. Uh, by the way, it's kind of funny that Chelsea have a double and we didn't even mention them. Like they're so, they're <laughs> Pass, so who thoroughly cares? off the table. They, <laughs> they're, they play they're, Bournemouth and Forest and I'm still like, nope, no, no, no. It's interest. kind of funny. The, uh, I mean, the hotel is going to, the hotels in Manchester are going to love Chelsea because they are away city and away United in game week. Yeah. For that stay there. Right. For, mm-hmm. for four days or whatever yeah. it is. Um, all right. So I'm, you know, I'm trying to think, it's almost like you need to kind of combine fixtures with, with who's on the beach. I mean, at this point it's like, do Spurs have the worst fixtures? No. Do you want any, I don't know. I mean, Harry Kane is, I, I think just looking all the way to the end of the season, I think that the game week 38 captaincy is going to be a really interesting spot because you have, and it kind of depends on what they're all playing for, right? Like uh, uh-huh. Holland is on 34 goals at the moment. I think that Holland is shooting for 40 goals. I think that's, that makes sense to me. He's got, um, six fixtures left to go, right? The five ahead, mm-hmm. but then also he's got the extra one in, in 34. Um, I seems, I, would be honestly, I'd be surprised if he didn't do it. That'd be, that'd be a goal a game. That's, that's mm-hmm. a rate that's, that's, you know, he's, he's effectively on at the moment. So, um, I think he'll be shooting for that, but if he already hits that Brentford are a tough place to play away. Uh, and so he may not, it, that could be like a heavily rotated Man City side. You have Spurs play away to Leeds the final week of the season, and that could be kind of Kane's farewell game in some ways. <laughs> he may leave Spurs. Uh, who knows what happens this summer? Uh, you have Man United, and they host Fulham at home. We just mentioned that Ream is out. Fulham are going to have nothing to play for. I mean, the mm-hmm. ultimate... 10th place team with a bunch of injured guys that have nothing yeah. to play. Which like, means they're yeah, going to beat yeah. Manchester United 3-1 or something That's like true. that. That's <laughs> true. That is true. Exactly. But by logic, you would think, yeah. you know, that, that they're going to run the table. And then, yeah, then the Liverpool play Southampton and that, I mean, Southampton are just not great. So, I mean, that, you know, Salah is on the, on the table there as well. So mm-hmm. I think, and I, what I think makes that really cool is it isn't like you just have Holland at home to Forest or something like that where you're like, well, what are you going to, you know, what are you going to do? You got to yeah, cap hands are like, tied. It's, uh-huh. Yeah. Hands are tied. It's, it's a tricky enough, uh, game week 38 that I think it'll really like, if you're 18 points back, I think you could claw that back with a, with a, a good transfer and a good captain pick in, mm-hmm. in game week 38. So that's a fun thing to look forward to. If you're, uh, our friend, if you're our red arrowed friend at the start of the pod, Brandon, that's, that's, <laughs> that's the, that's the one to look forward to. Um, yeah. I, I have a question for you. I think we may have, someone may have asked this about, Yeah. 
Odin Gladvelt asked this question. Great name, Brandon. Odin Gladvelt. Truly I, great, I, yes. I knew I knew it Odin Gladvelt in college, actually. I wonder if it's the same one. It's uh, probably not, right? It's uh, who knows, but. I don't know. There are a lot of Odin Gladvelts out there. There's so a lot yes, of Odin Gladvelts out there. I, I, I can think of three. Uh, but Odin Gladvelt asked about, uh, is it worth a minus four to get the Wilson and Isak double up for game week 36? So this is something that I, I people were kind of, it's like at first it was a kind of a joke. And then as, as we got closer to <laughs> so it, I was crazy like, it might work. Yeah. I was like, well, maybe that should be on the table. I, I, you know, I mean, I've got, uh, I mean, obviously Holland is, is unmovable. You have Villa and playing, Spurs at home, so that's a pretty good one. Bournemouth play Palace away, uh, no, fine, not great. And my my plan right now is to bring in um, is to bring in Isak for Solanke. I'm going to have to free up some cash to do that, but that is that is the move that I that I want to make for 36. Um, and so that, yeah, but the question is, do I just try to get two of these? Newcastle yeah. players in. Oh, actually, you know what? I can't even do it because I have two defenders. But let's say you didn't have yeah, uh, right. Botman and Trippier. Uh, yeah. What do you think about a double up with uh, with Wilson? And, I, I do like it. The interesting thing with Callum Wilson coming into this form is him playing num- uh, in the nine has pushed Isak out to the left. And that's not meant that Isak has played any worse. He's like looked amazing. So it seems like that's working. And uh, we've often looked for a way into the attack for Newcastle post Almiron, and this is it. Yeah. And it yeah. kind of happens at the ideal moment where uh, Ollie Watkins' fixtures kind of turn, especially the last two fixtures for Villa are Liverpool and Brighton. And maybe yep. his, maybe their, their attacking fire is starting to burn out. And then you have Solanke and I have Tony. Brentford have uh, one of the worst uh, run-ins with Liverpool, West Ham, Spurs, and Man City. Now, I mean, those London fixtures are fine, sure, whatever. Yeah. Um, but if to if you want to be proactive, Newcastle forwards just feels like a great place to be and fun for that matter. And this this uh, yeah. thirty six double for Newcastle, I think, gives you the excuse because if it weren't for the Newcastle double in thirty six, I think I could genuinely argue well tony is is ticking along i uh, as is watkins as is slonky like they're all doing mm-hmm. fine yeah. i've got nobody's got any complaints about any of these guys unless you're still like a darwin own, owner for some reason yeah but it is yeah. that newcastle double in 36 that does put this on the table what if josh you could only have one Isak or callum wilson i guess i would go I think that Wilson playing so well the last two matches has changed things a little bit, but yeah. I think I would still go with Isak just because he's, he's, I, I don't know. I mean, at some point you probably do see them both start a match, but I think that Isak has won the starting spot. So all things being equal, still give me the starter, yeah. but yeah. It's, yeah. it's, it's surprisingly close um, between the two of them now. I agree with that viewpoint. I share that viewpoint. If I were like, I'm with you, I've got Botman and Trippier. I can only get one. And uh, I, it does feel, it doesn't feel worthy of a get Botman out to attack the double up front. But what is it? No. One clean sheet in the last 12 matches for Newcastle or, or yeah, maybe but- not a clean sheet in 12. I don't know. It's just, it's grim. 
It's very grim. Now you're getting like a cis left and right, though, by the way. So you're, you're, I think you're good. By the way, Harry Kane, I was, I was, I, the reason I'm saying this is because I was looking at Callum Wilson. I was surprised to see that he was uh, fifth overall in terms of forwards this season. Do you think wow. Callum Wilson is the fifth top, top forward? <laughs> Insane. And it's then wild. I was just looking at the ones, the top, the top five. Ollie Watkins moved up to fourth, which is kind of crazy. I mean, keep, considering he had kind of a slow start to the year. Uh, but then I was looking at Harry Kane. And um, do you know how many goals Kane has scored? so far this season if you said to guess is it 22 25 wow okay it's like yeah. this he's uh, it's really extraordinary and so he's, he's gonna, gonna break chance at, he's gonna secretly break the single season goal scoring record without anybody having spoken about it at all well well he it's an interesting thing though because he the most he has ever scored in a season is 29 he scored 29 twice in 16 17 and 17 18 it's 17 last year 23 the year before that so I, I think you could, you know, I, I think that he'll be shooting for, for 30. And so I, I do wonder, and I, I, I know I'm kind of like getting off topic here a little bit, but I, I would love to find a way to bring Kane in down the stretch. And I, yeah. I don't really know if that's possible. Um, again, it's like, there's only four weeks to go. And so it's like, you start to think about this stuff. And you're like, I, I'd like to get Kane at some point. And you're like, well, when is that? When, when would that happen? Because I, you know, I sort of, I look at my, my transfers, and I can probably get away with holding a transfer in 35. Um, and that, you know, and, and, and I, I kind of want to do that because as I sort of think about what I, how I possibly get Isak in, I'm not sure there's a way for me to, for me to do it without maybe turning Raya into like a 3.9 million keeper or something. I'm going to have to do something like a little crazy, and I'd rather not do that for get a Everson, how fun. Yeah, exactly. I get to get Everson, so that that's exciting. Uh, you know, like everybody, I'm I'm super pumped about that. Um, so uh, yeah, exactly. I, I feel like Kane away. Kane is exercising some form of like FPL soft power this season. It's like, uh, yeah, it is. Absolutely it's one wild. of the most remarkable things that uh, I hope we remember it because it's one of those. Yeah. The, it's by its very nature, it feels like we're gonna forget that Kane did this this season. But I hope that we remember and that we witness this. It does feel like he scores in every single match, mm-hmm. doesn't it? Like it's, He's it's had seven blanks, surprising. Josh, seven blanks this seven. season, um, yeah. which is it, 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 it doesn't really rhyme with that narrative of he scores every week. But but it is that feeling. I share this feeling. Yeah. I mean, 27 returns in 34 matches is is pretty. Cr- this would be like the Harry Kane season if it wasn't for Holland. It's it's kind of it's mm-hmm. kind of remarkable how how good he's been. So yeah, I mean, if I had like I don't know, let's, let's say you're out there and you still have a wild card left, I would certainly bring him in on my wild card just because he's even though he doesn't double, just because he's so yes. consistent. I think he's going to be scoring you know all the way down the stretch. And also, clearly Spurs need to score. I mean, it's it's I, I can't believe the ending of that. That game was insane. I yeah. I don't know. They score they, three nil is the most dangerous scoreline or something. I don't know. Like what? <laughs> Everybody what involved there? needs to be ashamed of themselves. Is is my suggestion <laughs> there? Uh, Andy Robertson had a horrible match. Absolutely diabolical. Uh, yeah. Van Dyke just getting posterized uh, by um, Perisic and. Yep. Um, Lucas Moura, I feel like this is not the first fatal mistake that he's made for Spurs this season. I mean, what is the point of even putting a guy like Lucas Moura out on, like, just put a, little, that, a young kid out there? He I mean, scored that that hat trick at Ajax yes. five years ago, and he's yeah. still, uh, like, he's still drinking off that, you know. He'll never have to buy a round in mm-hmm. North London or something, you know, as a result. But, 
Um, all right. Well, anyway, let's, let's get back to whatever we were talking about. Uh, oh, yeah. Um, so transfers that we're looking at. So for me personally, my transfers are focused on getting a third player for the Newcastle match um, in, th- in 36 and probably getting one, if not two, Man United players because they they have um, a nice a nice run um, in 36, 37, 38. Um, and then... I, then I'm not I'm not I'm not positive. I feel like uh, mm-hmm. I th- 38 is a little bit of a wild card for me. I may, I may decide based on uh, where I'm at, right? Like if yeah. I, um, you know, because it's kind of tricky. I mean, you get you get down there, and it's sort of, especially if you're if you're if your manager is in cash leagues, uh, it, it get you're in kind of a tricky spot where you're like, well, I could just make every kind of obvious move here, and I could probably get second place without any worry right or i can really go for it and maybe i win first maybe i knock myself down to fourth and so um there are that second place is first loser josh yeah it's true i know i have the no fear i actually never had that no fear (laughs) t-shirt but anyway i i think uh i i'm not well let's see where we are but i think that um i think there are some opportunities to go a little different with the captaincy uh i think um I mean, it's going to be dangerous in 36, right? With um, If you go with someone like Isak or Trippier, it's kind of hard to advocate for Trippier at the moment, given that he just uh, just is not getting any kind of attacking returns. Um, almost did today, I suppose, but uh, but ultimately, you know, didn't again. And um, I don't know. I, I'm a little undecided on what I might what I might do there. I might even just kind of go with like a wild card Matoma pick. But you can also just go with Holland, right? They play Everton and... <laughs> 36, probably not a terrible choice. Well, Josh, some say great minds. I'm right uh, there with you with my transfer thinking is my target is Newcastle attacker for game week 36 and Manchester United defender uh, for the double in 37. And from there on out, yeah, it really is. Um, I mean, given that uh, what we saw this weekend, a number of serious injuries and, you know, it's hard to account for the the fluky nature of someone like Tim Ream breaking his arm. Um, mm. But I think I think we'll see, uh, sadly, a few more injuries just given all the uh, you know season long fatigue that may be setting in. Anyway, best practice to kind of be ready for um, a differential to come to pass because suddenly you've got an empty spot in your squad that needs filling and Kurt Zuma. Uh, I think he's he's prime candidate to become a Manchester United defender. Um, yep. Not in real life. I think he's probably prime candidate <laughs> to go help Leeds maybe uh, succeed in the championship. I don't know. Um, and yeah, I th- I uh, is I'm, I'm I think it'll be interesting to debate what's in it for people who are looking for a real edge. I think Isak yeah. is a good pick if you're kind of looking to just sort of like. Hold um, and and Wilson is. I mean, there is there is some advantage yeah. certainly to having Isak, but I think Wilson feels like just coming out of this weekend that he's going to be that edge pick. You think uh, he's Dimitar Dimitar Berbatov two point perhaps Brandon super sub. I he very well <laughs> he, he's Berbatov esque. Yes, you, know, you wouldn't be the first mm-hmm. to make that comparison. Um, so, yeah, I guess that we're, we're coming up with the new chalk here, Josh, is Newcastle attack and Manchester United defense is, is, are the new talking points going ahead. Yeah. And then Man City, who knows? I mean, it's uh, – I saw somebody say, uh, earlier say something like they're, 
the best team in the Premier League, and they have one player in the top 40 in terms of total FPL points this season. Uh, it's just Holland and really nobody else. And, so wild. Um, it, it is wild. I mean, there's a question from GP asked, you know, is Grealish a hold or a sell? I mean, I, I, you know, I thought he had a pretty good game today, despite uh, getting one point for the second game week in a row. Um, I actually feel quite lucky to have gotten out of this game week without a, a Grealish attacking return. What are your, what are your thoughts on Jack Grealish? Yeah, he looked good, but this this I think was what you would might pessimistically predict from Grealish is he he caught fire there. He had a handful of double digit returns within a month. Um, yeah, and I I think what we've seen the last two game weeks then is him like the the real Jack Grealish, fantastic player, uh, really raising the the level at Manchester City, but not a great fantasy asset. And I think the match against Fulham was emblematic of the worst parts of Grealish as a fantasy player because whenever he got into open space to bear down on Leno and goal, he could not, he couldn't make it work. He was at his yeah. best when he was, you know, the pass to the assist and so on. He was, he's just so good at breaking defenses down, exploding them more or less to free up everybody else. Yeah, I just think this is why, you know, my 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 uh, belief looking forward is it's going to take something different for Grealish to actually truly catch on as a fantasy asset. Now you got to go back and listen to the episode of Always Cheating a couple of weeks ago. We're like, oh, man, this guy is irresistible. Got to get Jack. Got to get Jack. <laughs> but but we this is neither of us. Neither of us brought him in. So well, we're going this is that, this is the know, nature crazy. of the biz, Josh. You know, we got to call yep. him like we see him. And the frustrating yep. thing about fantasy is it changes like the wind, man. And you just got to keep up. Yeah. I mean, it, it, I, I think it's an interesting. I, I, he's like a, he is, you know what he is? He is a, he's a hold. If you got him, keep mm-hmm. him. Sure. You don't have him, hold. Give him a couple more weeks and then, and then see how you feel in game week 37. I mean, it is tricky because they do play, um, you know, they, they play a home to, was it home to Leeds in 35? And then away to Everton at 36. I mean, I, I wouldn't mind having another, a third player for me. I mean, I need John Stones. Is he going to play? I don't know. He had, he had a really, one really nice move in today's match. I don't know if you saw that, but otherwise it was nice sort of. Nice move. Yeah, he had a good move. Uh, I don't, he's playing a little more advanced. It gives me a little hope that maybe he'll he'll get more starts down the stretch. He's kind of it's like a double pivot right now, right? With him and Rodri, it's sort of the way they're. Yeah, set it's up. it's a little bit like what Trent is doing for Liverpool right now, where when the yeah. games, when the the phase of play changes, you know, inverts a little bit, comes into the midfield. Um. I don't know like how similar it is, but it seems similar. Yeah, Stones is basically yeah. a midfielder at this point. Right, exactly. And so maybe he gets more more starts, uh, you know, because of that. I think, um, so, you know, the question from Taylor, let's get into some of these questions here, Brandon, because a lot of these questions are, are, you know, having us, we're looking ahead using mm. these questions. And uh, Taylor said, I took a minus eight to get in Rashford, Trent, and Solanke, who I benched. And fell from 6,000 to 19,000 this week. I'm ahead in my mini leagues, but now that I've tasted the fruits of the top 10K, I have a craving, mm-hmm. like a vampire, with no chips left. How can I claw my way back into the promised land? Now, the chips thing, 
I, I don't mean to do this thing where I say a question that I answer it myself before I give you a chance because you were you were an intake of breath right there, Brandon. <laughs> By but all I was, was going to first note before you respond yeah. uh, that I don't think the chips are really going to be a problem from here on out. I think that you and I mercifully get to stop talking about chips for really, I think, most of the rest of the season, which I'm really mm-hmm. pretty excited about. I got to be honest with you. Well, talk to me about your recent experience because you, uh, just in the last four game weeks, you were inside the top 5K, dropped to like 15, 16K, and now you're back. 13. Yeah, but yeah. yeah. Okay, sure. Um, Sorry. I don't know. I, I don't know why I didn't have to correct you, but just, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, so what did it take? You know, so is it is it like yeah. trying to think different or is it just stick with the plan? Well, yeah, I mean, I think it's, yeah, you have to be, uh, you, it's like you, I, it's fun I, for me. It's fun. It's fun to be emotional. It's fun to come on here and rant. It's fun to, uh, to talk about how disappointed I am in, in these human beings who don't care about me and they shouldn't, you know, and it's just, a, it's just a, just a game we're playing. Right. Uh, but when it comes to me actually making my transfers, I almost never make an emotional transfer never, never, ever, ever. And, um, you know, it's like, I, you just have to look at, at making sensible transfers. I just don't think it takes much more than that. I mean, I think, um, and not make any kind of emotional move. Cause that's, that's, you know, the way he's framing it, right. I went from 6,000, 19,000, the temptation, like you heard me say on last week's pod, is to get rid of someone like Cody Gakpo. I brought him in, super bummed out. Grealish is the hot player. Everyone's getting him, and now I'm stuck with this guy who got who got taken out of the 59th minute. But then it's like you look ahead, and it's like, well, they play, you know, it's like they have all these home fixtures, and they play twice, and that's just not, that's not the strongest move, right? That is not the, that is not the move that, that, looking at it from like a clear eyed perspective is, is the smart move. I just made the simple move. Right. And I think that's, that's all it took. Literally all it took was just to make the right move to go to drop Gabriel for Rashford. Right. Didn't have to burn points. Didn't do anything. Just made that move. And it's obviously I've netted, you know, instant payoff. And then I got another Rashford, you know, we didn't talk about Rashford at all this game week or this podcast. Um, and so I think that's, that's really the move is that you can get from 19 to 10, I think by just, um, by just looking at your own team, mm-hmm. right? Not looking at the players who are hot, right? Mm-hmm. But just looking at your own team. It's, I mean, I guess it's just like root one sort of, but it's just like fix your weakest link, right? What's the weakest part of your squad this week? How do you solve it with a with a with a double game weaker, you know, or someone who doubles soon, and then and then go for that player, even if they're not the kind of fun fun player to bring in. Yeah, I feel like every week. Uh, somebody points out so-and-so in the top 100 in the world, you know, has gotten to this insanely high rank without so-and-so. Um, there are people working miracles, uh, or who had, who had worked a miracle months ago and have been riding that. Like, I I think you're right. Like if you're situated in, in, with a good rank around 19,000 right now, the difference between that and top 10 K is probably like 10 points or something like that. And just, just fix, fix your weakest link and don't try to be all that different because there are lots of, there are still lots of weird teams in the top 10,000, I would posit. It is not yeah. all this exact same template that you feel like you have to go against. If you have um, what you feel like is a boring chalk template team, um, it's yeah. all probably going to bear fruit. That's your goal. Yeah, exactly. I think people get so caught up in like trying to 
radically remake their team. And I, I mean, I, I, you know, just to go back to my, my squad for a second, I, you know, I carried a non-playing Cancelo for like eight weeks, right. When he got moved to, to Bayern, um, after the, after the world cup. And it was cause it, it was just never the move that made the most sense. Right. There was just never a game week. I mean, until I ultimately did, uh, you know, after several weeks, but there was sometimes fixing your weakest link does not mean you've got to take out Pereira or Zuma, right? In your case, you stick them on your bench most likely, mm-hmm. right? And it's like you just solve yeah. a different problem. Yeah. Um, don't worry about, you know, and, and, if, and if you end up with 10 one week, so be it, right? It's just not, that. that's not like, that's not a, you, you shouldn't always be planning for the absolute worst case scenario. Yeah, totally. All right. Well, do we have any other questions we need to answer here? What about this one from Joshua Biggs? Uh, last Hungman. this is the last one. Nice it, and easy. Because I, I actually, I, I, I brought them all. I, I folded them all in. Ultimately, Brandon, they all got uh-huh. folded into this week's pod. I love it. Like a good meringue. Yeah. Uh, Josh Biggs with the final questions asks: Is is Sun a sort of shout for the rest of the season? We've waited long enough, Josh. Sun finally looks like he's playing. Yeah. Decent football, adjacent to uh, one of the most hilarious moments uh, in, in recent memory, is is just the narrative of Richarlison uh, comes in, <laughs> scores this epic goal, celebrates <laughs> like he just uh, once again survived the yeah, to, to, uh, group stage of the World Cup. Yeah, <laughs> takes his shirt off. So, yeah, shirt off, uh, and and you know again to draw. <laughs> The match. <laughs> that guy is like so thirsty. It's like he's been in the desert for absolutely. It was his eons. first. It was his first Premier League goal, right? Yes, for 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 yeah. Spurs for uh, for Spurs, obvious, well, obviously. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um. So, but but Sun, uh, glorious. He's been he's been in good nick uh, the last yeah. couple of game weeks, but. <sighs> I think for all the reasons we've talked about, like the teams with the good fixtures, yeah. I would much rather, if I'm going to that price point, Josh, I'd much rather have Bruno Fernandez, yeah. Kevin De Bruyne, uh, teams who just frankly have more fixtures, teams who are better yeah. and will have more consistently good results. And Sun's just not interesting to me. Like, How yeah. bad, how, how far down the reaches of the mini league table do you have to be to consider Sun? I think I just wouldn't. There's just no scenario where I would consider him. There's absolutely none. I, I, and because that answer is so easy, I, I do want to let's answer. Let's end this on a more fun. I, you know, it, that that would have been part of a why. Uh, you know, a, a a lightning round of player mm. questions, Brandon. But then they all got kind of even Grealish got kind of folded in. Sure. So uh, let's end things on a, on a final a final bonus question. This comes from Josh Landon, co-host of the Always Dream Podcast, and the question is. Alvarez, Brandon, Alvarez, mm-hmm. he is, he is 6 million forward. I could literally just move Solanke to Alvarez that, you know, that is a thing where you could move Isak to Alvarez after their double. He is not a starter, has very inconsistent minutes, but when he plays, he delivers, right? He, uh, and eight goals and three assists and very limited minutes this season. If Kevin De Bruyne is at all an injury risk. Is there an argument for just bringing Alvarez in and accepting you may get zero points from him some of these matches, or is it just too risky? I don't think it's risky. I mean, 
Watkins planked. Who's surprised? As good a form as Watkins has been in, he plays all 90 minutes, but nobody's ever shocked when Watkins blanks. So what's the difference with Alvarez? I guess the difference is Alvarez um, could pop off with a double-digit haul, whereas, uh, I mean, th- th- that's that's a very um, forced or sort of comparison with Watkins, but just thinking of who I would replace, I think it's fine. Yeah, I, I think it's kind of it seems fun. Uh, it's going to be really annoying when he gets one start in the next four game weeks. <laughs> I, um, I mean, it's interesting. Like you look at his returns, it, they're not as bad over the last few weeks as you might expect, given that he's not really starting that much. I mean, he's got three goals and two assists in his last five. It's really not that bad, and it, it's just a, it's a huge gamble, obviously, right? But Given who they play over the next few weeks, right? West Ham, Leeds, Everton. Yeah. It's, I don't know. It's at least something that I think is, has to be on the table for you, especially if you're in the I need to make up ground category because his ceiling is so much higher than some of the other assets. Although, although let's give a shout for Dominic Solanke, who uh, shockingly has offered a great value at, you know, even cheaper price point. But I, but I, I don't, I don't see outside of that crazy Spurs match. But I, but I guess everyone scores four goals on Spurs. And it's just like, what? It's bizarre. You know, it's how that happens. But mm-hmm. um, I don't, what do you, what do you think's going on there? Do you, there? Is it just, they're just, that defensive cycle is over. They need to bring an entirely new defense. Is that like just, the whole thing it's a strange mixture um yeah they've had injuries in the defense which i don't think it helped and eric dyer i yeah it's it's this eric dyer syndrome this sort of like talisman syndrome where you're like well dyer's great on the training pitch in terms of uh you know emotion and he's good in the locker room um in terms of portuguese uh, which always comes in handy uh I mean, I guess Lucas Mora might speak Portuguese. Maybe he, maybe Eric Dyer is the one to tell him to just like not keep showing up to, to, for the team bus. <laughs> um, yeah, I just think their defense is, is is garbage, and there's really not much else to it. And if I think it might come down to the players, because you'd suggest if anybody knows how to set up a defense, it would be Antonio Conte, right? Like this is yeah. how he, he is done so well in his career is is that sort of the foundation he builds on and if he can't settle it then it just seems like it's a bunch of talentless hacks (laughs) you went there i I wasn't gonna go that far i do like romero um he's a world cup winner i guess so you gotta tip your hat to him for that so is so is larice i mean you're the team is lousy with well, well anyway all right so i think um Final thought here, Brandon, which is uh, what is your current transfer plan for Game Week 35? And then a 35 question here. Yeah, I'm in a very role-free transfer mood right now. And I think it is a symptom of the two doubles in 36 and 37. And those, uh, I think, are big linchpins in terms Mm -hmm. of the season run-in. I would much rather have two free transfers to figure out how to best approach uh, you know, t- you know, we're talking about that Newcastle double attack that we can't get because we have double defense right now. Two free transfers yep. would allow you to do that. Um, I I like having a bit more information, and I my team uh, doesn't doesn't have apart from these two horrible injuries any like real noticeable weak links going into thirty five. So that's that's what I'm thinking. What about you? 
Yeah, I'm. Um, I would. I, I hold is where I'm leaning at the moment as well. I would. I, I mean, ideally, I would be a little more aggressive with with my transfer. And uh, the only thing I would consider maybe would be an early move for Isak, um, and and just bring him in, even though they're playing Arsenal um, at home, and just just get that move out of the way because I don't love. Well, I don't know. I mean, I guess given what we just saw from Wolves uh, in that Brighton match, maybe I should be more optimistic about it. But it's like, I don't know, just they're they're slightly different at the Molyneux. And uh, Watkins playing in the uh, at the Molyneux, I mean, I just like not, I guess it's kind of a derby. I don't know. Is Wolves Villa a derby? It's like a quasi derby. Birmingham right? adjacent or Birmingham yeah, adjacent. Yeah, uh, yeah. I, I don't think they'd say that they're... Uh, Rivals or anything Darby. like that. No, no, fair enough. All right, so yeah, I, I hold. I think does make sense given that we've got all these. We've got double gimmicks in thirty six and thirty seven. Having an extra transfer if you don't need to make a move is usually a, a pretty good spot to be. So, um, all right. Well, thanks everyone for listening, and um, you can uh, once again support the podcast on patreon.com slash always cheating. Uh, good luck to everybody the rest of this game week. Once again, there's matches Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday. So lots of things will change over the next few days. Um, Brandon, uh, I don't know if those injuries are going to get better, but you have, I, I noticed that Allison has 100% uh, or z- I, I, should, I guess I should say zero percent effective ownership outside of your ownership. So, Happy you need days. an Allison. Yeah, you need like like nine nine saves. Yeah, maybe so. come up for a corner kick once in a while, Allison. Would that kill you? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Obviously exactly. not. Obviously. Yeah. Uh, uh, all right, Brendan. You want to thank our Patreon uh, producer patrons? Will do. Big thanks to producers Mike DePietro, Trevor Ingerson, our buddy Chris Howell, Bobas Kuhn, James Holland, Dave Wagner, Lodal, Nick Wright, Lazarus Yanos, Jesse Halstead. Bruce Kerr, Brian Chin, Blair Jacobson, Todd Byerly, Andy Portlock, Dan Parsons, at FPL Merch, Kerry Swanson, Jefferson Turner, Buffalo Wildmings, Francis Moore, Sam Schauer, Caleb Robbie, Velger Paulson, Kruger, Alex Holcomb, James Keatley, The Saint, Bob Fox, Craig Jackson, Thomas Andre, Shalin F. Kadakia, Terrence O'Donnell, Paul Herzig, Heath Cram, Thomas Tislov, and Noah and Louise. Rate, review, subscribe to the Always Cheating Podcast wherever you get your podcasts. Follow us on Twitter at HailCheaters or any other social media platform that you like and enjoy using. Uh, or Find all this information at our website, alwayscheating.com. All right. Thanks, everybody. Good luck the rest of this game week. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. 
Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.